0: hallelujah hallelujah there's some things that are just tried and true the Lord asked us to taste and see in the scripture that the Lord is good and so there are things in that that tasting that trying that uh, we have learned work and faithfulness to His house works, commitment to His word works, prayer works, praise and worship works, and so don't let your circumstances move you from what you know works. Just stand for the Lord, Amen. God's good, ain't we're going to continue on in our uh, series today, uh, walking the gravel road to heaven, and um, this is the seventh lesson. This this book will probably take us close to the end of the year, uh, going just lesson by lesson, which is fine. Um, you know, this is what we do on Sunday mornings. We learn about walking with God, and that is actually a, a major part of this chapter about that walk with God and today we're going to talk about you ever ready to start a race and someone would say ready, set, go that's what we're going to talk about today, ready, set go, why don't we pray one more time, let's pray for the lesson for our hearts to be ready to receive his word thank you Lord once again for your word, you're so precious to us and now just Help our hearts to be good ground to receive your word. Let us hear what the Spirit would say to the church today. God, encourage us on this walk. Lord, on the narrow parts, on the rough parts, on the low parts, whatever it is, God. Help us, Lord, to walk this road with you. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise this morning. What a great God. What a great God. You can be seated. Uh, if you talk to anyone who's been in church for a while, they, even if the terminology doesn't say, even use the exact word walk, uh, when they are speaking of their experiences, of things they have seen, they are describing to you their walk with God. If you were to had an opportunity to sit down after a couple of years and maybe talk to Peter or to one of the disciples that were walking with Jesus and they would say, yeah, we just came from uh, here and uh, we watched him heal the lame man, open blinded eyes. We watched him raise Lazarus and just you could just go on and on and they, they're telling you about their walk because this is what they have seen as they walked with God. They It wasn't maybe something that impacted them, their life directly, and yet their faith was directly shaped and formed by what they saw. Uh, Everything that you see on your walk is not always just about you, but it will enhance you. It will mold you. It will shape you. It's like, uh, you know, you may never have cancer, but you may know someone who had cancer and was healed. And so now uh, you have been influenced by seeing what God can do as he heals cancer. You may have never had to overcome a drug addiction, but you know someone who has because of the faith that they had in the Lord and what God began to do in their life, and you watched him restore them, and now you realize that uh, I have something that I can share. I have firsthand hand eyewitness knowledge of what God can do and one day I'm going to run into somebody that will need that and now uh, the Lord didn't leave me you know, uh, without any ammunition. He didn't leave me without the tools to minister but, uh, and that's what it is. We're, we're living epistles read of all men. Our life, our story, our walk is read by the people that we're around. They see what you face. They see what you go through. And they see how you handle it, uh, and they may see you in bad days, and they may see you in good days. And um, but we we realize that this walk is full of and so many different uh, aspects. That uh, if you were to just ask anybody, even in this room, what does it mean to walk with God, you get probably get a bunch of answers that are different uh, because it's. Uh, and even especially if you were to poll this world and ask them what it means, I'm sure you would get a lot of different ideas. Um, A lot of people think that walking with God is like having your own uh, genie in the bottle, that uh, this uh, God is here to serve you and make sure that you're completely okay and that uh, you get exactly what you want, that you are extremely... uh, happy all the time. Uh, it's, that's, that's the gospel that says, come follow me and I'll guarantee you that you'll always have the biggest and the best. You'll always get the new iPhone when it comes out. You'll, you'll have everything you ever need. But that's not uh, the gospel of the, of the Bible. For some, walking with God is uh, branded with the idea of giving up everything. And that's, A biblical concept because we know that Abraham walked away from his home, from his land uh, to follow God and go where he asked him to go. We know that the disciples immediately dropped their nets and left all. Even Peter made the statement, we have left all to follow you, what shall we have? And so while that is a biblical concept, um, the God that these kind of people often embrace is primarily about making sure you don't enjoy life. Well, if it's fun, it ain't spiritual. Come on now. You know it's true. You've been around them. If it brings you happiness, then that's suspicious. Uh, you know, if, if you're breathing good air, I'm not sure you're saved, you know. And walking with God becomes more like walking with the Grinch you stole Christmas. It's just like, uh, you know, there's no joy in it and you see people who, who who will you know promise you with their life they're saved but boy they're miserable. <laughs> I don't know how they sing the world didn't take it and the world didn't take it, can't take it away or the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away because somebody's took it. Because <laughs> I don't know where their joy went. <laughs> I have no idea where that joy went that they felt when they were saved, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost. I've never seen anybody frowning once they were filled with the Spirit. Somewhere along the way, the thief got in there. And then you'll meet people who will say, well, walking with God is about perfection. For them, walking with God is completely about never messing up, getting everything right 100% of the time. There's no margin of error. There's no room for mistakes. There is absolutely no room for weakness, but that's not Bible. Oh, it'd be nice, wouldn't it, to never make a mistake? Wow. You know, we read that scripture. I believe John wrote. He said, uh, "Do not err, brethren." You know, do not do not err. And you think, "Wow, well, well, that would be nice, John. I would really like to not err, <laughs> but I find myself erring." it's not always on the side of caution uh, sometimes it's just out of I'm erring on the side of stupidity that happens in Psalm chapter 37 it describes the life of a good man it says that the steps of a good man now let's just what do you think about when you think of a good man well he's doing it right he's got it all together he loves the Lord. He serves God. I think about good people. I think about Job. I think about how the Lord said there's nobody like him. He's perfect. He fears the Lord. He, he hates evil. He's he's a good guy. There's nobody like him. And, I, and so when you think of a good man, probably in your mind, you're thinking of somebody right now. Probably in your mind, you have somebody in your life that you probably grew up thinking they can do no wrong. A lot of times it's a, it's a grandparent or something like that or you know, a parent or Uh, someone who was kind of a mentor in your life and you think they can absolutely do no wrong. Ooh, don't put them on that pedestal. That's that's a hard uh, load to carry. He said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall. You see, this walk with God, he's already factored in the possibility that you're going to fall. The reality of falling. Is we, we might as well, you know, I, I've made this before. As a child, when we're raising kids and we're teaching children to walk, it's a reality they're going to fall. You're going to, wa- you're going to watch it. Sometimes you, you're not going to be close enough to catch them, um, and you, know, you, you hate to see it happen. Uh, You're there to pick them up and comfort them and let them know, hey, it's going to be okay. You know, uh, just think if nobody ever told them, hey, it's going to be all right, would they ever even try to walk again? Because it hurts when you fall. And so, but as you get older, there's an expectation of, hey, I'm grown. (laughs) I have balance. I, I should be able to walk without falling. I found that the older I get, that doesn't always happen. We were on our trip in Montana, and I fell <laughs> flat, man, going, running up the steps, going to the car, tripped, and just wiped out. Nobody saw it except the Lord. But I'm telling you, it hurt, jarred every part of my body. I thought, grief. And I felt it, boy, for, the, for a couple of days after that. But, you know, it's like I'm a grown-up. Why, why did I fall? Because guess what? You got feet. There's obstacles. You get distracted. There's a reason, and sometimes a perfectly healthy two legged adult will fall flat on their face. If you don't believe me, just pull up Fail Army and start watching. And in just a few moments, you'll be laughing. Should I laugh at that, Lord? uh, We feel like, well, I don't know them, so it's okay to laugh. But they fall. People fall. And the thing is, is that on this spiritual walk with this walk with god is that's just how it is sometimes we think man i've i've been born again i've been living for god a while now i know what the word says why did i fall well there's distractions there's uh life there's your flesh there's just situations there's life and so it's going to happen and so trying to live a life and think if i ever make a mistake with god he will just X me out and wipe. He's just got this big eraser waiting to just rub my name out of the book of life. And, and, but instead it says, when he falls, he won't be utterly cast out. It means he doesn't stay there. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. There's, you know, we would never try with God again if we didn't feel that hand if we didn't feel that touch, if we didn't feel that assurance, that's what, you know, it's just like that child that falls, he feels those parents' arms wrap around him, he feels that that hand rub, rubbing that head and wiping those tears, okay, it's going to be all right, buddy, it's, you know, just that comfort, and, and then they try again, and they get better at it, and they get better at it, and the falls are fewer and far between, and I believe that's something to strive for, that the falls should be fewer and far between, but when you do, you know what, I didn't. nobody came and found me laying in the snow in Montana. I got up, and one, because I was embarrassed. I'm sure there was probably a doorbell camera around somewhere, and you might see me on Fail Army some, somewhere, but, um, but I, I didn't see any person, and so I was thankful for that. I didn't want to have to go like, yeah, I'm stupid. I just fell going up the steps. You know, you ever fall going up the steps? It happens. So, uh, but God will comfort you so that you can get back up and try again. Because the, the Scripture says it's not the Lord's will that any perish. He doesn't want you to to fail. He's not here to just. All right, I'm going. I'm just watching. Because as soon as they, oh, they fail. That's it. They're out. They're out. They're out. He loves you too much for that. He paid too great a price to to have you walk with him. He's not going to mark you out. And so. Uh, don't ever think that, man, I've got to have, just have this perfection again. There's, there's no uh, reason why we should not strive every day to be better, that we should really fix our heart on serving God and, and, and do our best to take that cross daily and follow Him and, and live by His Word and, and you know, just do the things that the Scripture says. Absolutely. We should, that should be our goal, but we should never think that we've reached a level that I don't have to do anything else, I've made it, i am arrived, I'm perfect, and uh, because that's the people who end up just walking away after one fall. Uh, They don't know how to handle uh, that impact. And then they don't know to look for the comforting hand of the Lord they, because they don't know it's there. They feel like their walk is in completely based on being 100% perfect. You know, and I know we always we sang in the old days, you know, Lord, I'm running, trying to make 100. 99 and a half won't do. That's your effort. That's not your perfection. Lord, I'm running, trying to make a 100. I'm, I'm trying to make a 100. I'm trying to give you 100% of my effort. But I know God that there are days that that flesh is going to bother me, that I'm going to be weak some days, and I'm going to make those mistakes someday. And even uh, when you think of good people, when you think of people who, man, God really did a work in their life. Look what's going on. You think about the apostle Paul, because he was, he was whew, he was headed in the wrong direction, but God turned him around, and he's preaching the gospel, and miracles were happening. He's starting churches, he's surviving. Crazy things, you know, and it's just like uh, God's giving him revelations and all these kind of things. And and you know, on the on the natural side of things, the uh, he's a Hebrew, he's a Pharisee, he's you know just loves God's law. He's very zealous about serving God. All these things, and yet he says to give you a little insight in Philippians three. He he said, this is what I, Paul says about himself. It's not as if I had already attained or captured uh, or that I were either already perfect. My life that you see in these letters you read and all the things you think about me, I don't still, I don't want you to think that I'm perfect, that I'm complete. That He said I follow after. In other words, I'm walking. I'm walking. to Now look, we're walking toward a day where we will make no more mistakes. We're walking toward a day where there's, there will be no imperfections in our natural body. There will be no uh, more um, chances for you to mess up. Nobody's getting kicked out of eternity. If he says, well done, good and faithful servant, you're there. <laughs> you don't have to worry about getting kicked out. But Paul says, so I, I, I haven't got there yet, and I'm not complete yet. The journey's not over yet, but I follow after so that I could maybe apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. There's something that's got a hold of me. I'm trying to get a hold of it. See God gets you completely, but we're still trying to get more of Him. We're trying to apprehend Him. So uh, brethren I count myself I've apprehended this one thing I do. I forget about the things that are behind you. You know what's behind you? The mistakes the mess-ups, the slip-ups, the, the times you wiped out and wished and hoped that nobody saw it, but somebody did. It's, the things that are behind me are things I can do nothing about now. I can't do anything about yesterday. I can't go back to yesterday. I can't, uh, you know, if you said something in anger yesterday, guess what, you can't take It's there, it's out there. It's, you can't take it back you know, all I can do is move forward. Moving forward means a lot of different things. And I, that, that would be a whole other lesson, but that's what Paul's saying. He said, I, I forget the things that are behind. You know what Paul had to forget? I, I got to forget about that I stood there while they stoned Stephen and gave my okay to it. I got to forget about all the people I locked up because they loved Jesus. I got to forget about all the people that I persecuted and caused them to recant uh, the name of Jesus. I got to forget about all the bad things i did or i'll never move forward i got to i got to forget about all the times i fail so i can keep moving forward and so he said i'm not i haven't attained i haven't apprehended and i'm not perfect but this is what i do i forget the things that are behind and i reach forth to the things that are before and there are so many bright things in your future if you will just choose to see it that's uh, we you know." We, oh, well, I can't see the future. That's all right. If you can't see it, you just know it's there because the future is there. And uh, when, if we can just realize that there are so many things before me, uh, yeah, there's going to, guess what? There's still some more trials before you. There's still going to be some more tests before you. There's going to be some more heartache before you. But Paul, at the end of his life, when he wrote to Timothy, he said, now I am ready to be offered. Because I have finished my course, I fought a good fight, and I have kept the faith. So at this point, there's nothing left for me to do except open my eyes and see the Lord. I'm going to leave this life and go to the next. And there's a crown of life waiting for me, but not for me also, but all them that love is appearing. So Paul said, there is a point where you will be ready. There will be nothing left for you to do. You, You don't have to take one more step except that step into his presence. And that's it. And... So if you can just get this on your walk with God, that there are so many things before me. God is a God of many chances. There are a lot of songs that say, well, I think he's a God of a second chance. That's a low number. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a low number. I get it. I like it. I like the song. But, um, but I think, whew, I'm glad it's more than two. I sure am glad it's more than two, because uh, man, we're going to need that. He's a God of so many chances, and 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 just that's why I said His mercy's new every morning. It's a uh, last night we had. Uh, there was the first meeting of the Restoring Hope program that we've that Sister Miriam and them have started here, and um, and it, it was day one. That's what they were talking about, and that's uh, how it is. You you get this day one, and it's just like a book with blank pages, and you're fixing to start filling it up. Yeah. You've got a chance to do something great. There's a lot of great things before you. And guess what? If you, I think, Sister Miriam, you said this, that, uh, that we get a lot of day ones, and that's true. Um, I, I remember working at this plant, and of course, as you walk in, you'd have a big sign that says, we have had 285 days without a lost time accident. Man, so every day it's going up, it's going up. And then one day you come walking in, it says zero. Because last night on second shift, somebody dropped a pallet on their head. And, and oh, man, we could have made it a year. We was all going to get a bonus. And everybody's oh, man. So you know, you know what happens? It's like there's no chance for that bonus ever again. That's it. It's one time. You know what? The next day you come in, it goes, we've been one day without a lost time accident. And so you just keep every day trying to do your best without that accident. And that's what you do with the Lord. And guess what? If you make that accident and you have to erase it and put zero up, just realize tomorrow I can write a one, and then I can write a two, then I can write a three. And, and you just keep going because it, it's not a, you're, you're, you're not perfect, and I'm not perfect, and we're not going to be perfect. We're going to fight these emotions, emotions, and guess what? You're going to lose a round or two. You're going to fight your flesh, and you're going to lose a round or two. It's it's just going to happen. But that doesn't mean you're utterly cast down. This walk with God is a daily walk. And, man, as you move farther and farther, there are new challenges. There are new things to face. There are new heartaches. You know, the Lord's walk for those three and a half years that he walked openly in his ministry, it was different. It started out, it it was miracles and excitement, and as he went on, it was got a little tougher, got a little harder. As he got closer to Calvary, uh, the heat got turned up, you know. People, uh, the opposition was there, and uh, guess what? You'll face opposition as you're headed toward uh, that perfection, toward that place of of never worrying about falling again. You're going to face opposition, but just keep walking. Just keep moving, keep going forward. Do, do that because... Uh, Look, you have to factor in. If God has factored it in, you need to factor it in. I will make a mistake. That's why he gave us uh, answers in the Scripture. And so, because if you don't, you know, you leave no room for grace to work. And Paul, the guy we've been talking about some here, he said, it's by the grace of God that I am what I am. Because it was his grace that let me keep going. It was his grace that let me get up again. It was his grace... Uh, you, know, uh, you think we read every single little detail about Paul's life? I don't know what is unread, but it seemed like Paul, you think Paul's temper and his zeal was just all just snuffed out in one instant? I'm sure there, there were times, because we know that he, he got really upset with uh, him and Barnabas. You know, he got so upset they just had to separate. So i I'm, he he said, I'm I'm so ill right now. I won't even preach with you. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go to church with you. You go that way. We're going this way. You reckon Paul ever just slapped somebody? No, not Paul. Well, well I'm gonna ask him when I get there. <laughs> did you ever backhand somebody because because you, know, you was upset with them? What what, you know, what was it? Because Paul said, I know that in my flesh dwells no good thing, and I don't know what he was talking about, but he said, the things, the bad things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Wonder what that was. You know, tell somebody off, you know, trip them walking down the road. I don't know what he did to them. Did he get up there and preach ugly to them one time because he just knew what they had done? I don't know what he did. But he said, what I do know is what he said is that there are some things I don't want to do, but I end up doing it. And I don't know why. I don't want to. I don't understand that. But it's the walk. It's that battle in that flesh. And that's what what we're going to do. But Paul said, it's the grace of God that makes me who I am. And it's the grace of God. That's why I'm still here today. It's by God's grace that I'm able to say, now I'm ready to be offered. And so you've got to allow that grace of God to work in your life. Let it do what it is designed to do. The Bible says it is by grace through faith that we're saved. You can't take grace out. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men and it teaches us you've got to pay attention to the teacher. Grace will not just tell you how to live, but it, in that telling you how to live, it'll tell you to get up. You can keep going. Grace will let you know you're not out of the race. you got to get up and keep going and keep doing it right. In uh, Galatians, Paul again, writing in Galatians 2, uh verses, um, let's see, Galatians 2, I think that's where I'm at. Uh, verses 20 and 21, Paul said, uh, here's my life. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, but not I, Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live it by the faith of God uh, or by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then he said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. You've got to let grace work in your life. He said, the life I live now in the flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness comes through the law, through other things, then Christ died in vain. And he said, so I've got to make room for grace in my life. I've got to let it work. You know, grace is saying, get up, get up. And when you just give up instead of get up, you're frustrating God's grace. God's grace will never tell you to give up. It'll never tell you to quit. It'll never tell you to stop. And when you quit and when you stop and when you surrender, you're frustrating that grace of God because it's going, I've got the answer. I've got the solution. I can make you better if you will let me. Because grace is never forced. It's never forced. We've got to uh, receive God's grace in our life, and so um, people so desperately, especially today, need God's grace. But when you are all about perfection, I can't make any mistakes. You know that—that's the people that they. You know the rules, but you don't know the God. Yeah, and you can keep the rules without knowing God and, and and you'll just begin to build your own religion but but if you know the God who just longs for a relationship with you it's like they can uh, quote Psalm 23 but they have no idea who their shepherd is and what kind of shepherd he is uh, they don't understand what it means to walk with God and then it, every new convert, everybody that comes to the Lord starts out with, man, okay, I'm, I'm going to have a relationship. Their intention, I'm going to have a relationship with God. But then if they get that walk confused with one of these that we just mentioned, they end up running out of, out of steam. They, they run out of fuel. Because they, 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 they they, they're trying to sustain it themselves and, and their expectation of walking with God has not been met because they didn't have the right expectation of walking with God. I've got to be perfect all the time. I can't make any mistakes. Oh, man, you're going to die an early death. You're going to stress yourself out to you just stroke out. Man, you can't do that. You have got to let God's grace work in your life. And so, uh, let me ask you this. Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever, after you came to God, Baptized, feel the Holy Ghost, excited at every church service, at everything going on, and then, but man, I feel some of them old things trying to creep up. Man, God washed all my sins away. Why did I just think that? You walk in a place, you hear a, hear a song, come on, something, all of a sudden your mind goes to somewhere. It just it sparks a memory. Something happens, and before you know, it, you've went down the road the way you're like, wow, wow, what am I going? What am I doing? Why is this happening? I remember fighting that battle when I first got into the church. And I, man, I mean, just lose. I, I thought I was losing my mind because I was at work one day and I could not push my past out of my mind. I just couldn't do it. I was, I was working. And thankfully, I worked in a place in the area of the building where I was by myself. Man, I'm talking about these boxes. I'm sliding boxes down this line, tears just falling on the boxes. I'm, I'm squalling because I said, God, I am losing. My mind. I, I, I thought everything's supposed to be better now, uh, I, man. I repented. I was baptized. I'm I'm living my life. I go to church every I'm paying tithes. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I'm reading the Bible. I, I'm, what? Why am I going crazy? And you know, Of course, the end, you know all them little voices whisper because you never really changed. Nothing really changed. It wasn't real. And I clocked out that day. I almost ran to my truck, jumped in, squalling, crunky, flying down the road, driving down I 20, crying, just losing my, got my music, gospel music turned up as loud as I could, trying to drown out and just losing my mind. And finally, I I, I was almost home. I was just about home. And I just, out loud, just nearly hollered. I said, God, where am I? And as soon as I said that, the cab of that truck filled up with the presence of the Lord. And man, I quit, I, I, I stopped crying. I felt peace. And it's just like somebody got right in my ear and just said, just as calmly, you're right where I want you. I said, okay. Then I was crying for a whole other reason. Because that was the Lord, and I, I got one knee on the steering wheel and both hands in the air. Praise! If you've never done that, I don't suggest it, but unless the Lord's in the truck with you. So, but I knew, and it was just like I knew then that God was teaching me something, that I was learning something that um, you don't stop being human. The Bible says He remembers our frame that we're dust. He knows about our humanity, what, what goes along with it. So I need to remember that sometimes. One psalmist said, Lord, let me understand how frail I am. We need to realize that without him, we're in a lot of trouble. We are still frail, and that's why we need him every day. We need the Lord every day so that on those days that we're like, where am I? We can hear that voice say, you're right where I want you to be. You know, I mean, you think about uh, these Moses standing at the Red Sea looking at it. All these people behind him screaming, hollering, Pharaoh's running. God, hang on, buddy, you're right where I want you. Because this is where I got to get rid of them. But I need you to lure them in. You know, why am I right here with no path? All these people in an army coming to kill us. Just hold on, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. They go across. The enemy follows. The water covers them up. And you learn that God will lead you in places that will, it seems like it, it might destroy you, but it was designed to destroy what's after you. And so, uh, you know, we, we have to remember that, that that God is for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And we always Project that externally. But you know who your biggest enemy is? Is the one that fixes your hair every day. You. Your biggest enemy is the one brushing your teeth. It's it's you. you. And so if God's for me, then I need to get out of the way sometimes too and let the grace of God work in my life and allow him to pick me up, dust me off, and move me forward. And so uh, it doesn't mean that your conversion didn't take because you had a bad thought. That's, you know, if you find yourself upset about the bad thought, guess what? Your conversion took. It's, yeah, if you're like, I, I can think that, and it don't mean it don't mean nothing. Now we got trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Whole another lesson. But um, I'm talking about this walk. You're gonna have those days where, you, ooh, I, ooh, they made me so mad, and I could before I knew it. I just blurted that out, and man, it it bothered me exactly. And um, it did, it, the, that what you were feeling is conviction. It's not condemnation. It's not God condemning you saying, that's it, you're out. Bad thought, you're out. You know, he's saying you felt something that will prick your heart, that will move you toward an altar of repentance because the Bible says if we confess our faults, He's faithful to forgive us. That's God's grace working in our life. Now, that doesn't mean all the repair work's done, maybe from what you did, but at least you're okay now and you can start trying to move forward and get some things things right, you know. If you tear some things up, get it right with God. David tore some stuff up; he messed up, had a man killed, took his wife, illegitimate child. All these good things going on in David's life, but David said, "It's against you, and you only have a sin, God." Well, what about all these other people? Well, it starts with God, because you're you're, you're commi- your 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 pledges to God first, and now. You worry about fixing things externally and what you can. Some things you might not be able to. David could not bring Uriah back, but God still forgave him. The little child died. Couldn't bring him back. David said, I can't bring him back, but I can go to him. In other words, I can now correct my course, live my life in the way I should, that I can go to where that child will be. So um, remember this, th- this walk is going to be about... Some course correction a lot of times, that uh, your steps are ordered of the Lord, and sometimes we get out of order, and then we have to step back into where God wants us to step. We start, oh look, I could well if I could just cut right here. And how did I wind up on my face? Because you took a shortcut, and so you know what you do. You get up, you go. You said, let me get back on the steps that He ordered. I know I'm getting close to my time limit here. But um, so, how, so, so, so how do we... Uh, let me, well, let me go to... I want to go to Romans right quick, and I want to read to you something I mentioned, but uh, what Paul had said in Ro- Romans 7, 18 and 19, just to unders- give you a little... So you know you're in the right club. Paul said, For I know that in me that is my flesh dwells no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would... I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. And I hope that didn't, the language doesn't confuse you there, but he's saying, I don't even know how to do what I would want to do. And the things I don't want to do, I just, it seems like I just naturally fall into it. I don't understand it, but it was that sin that was going on in our, his life. It's his flesh. It's it's that, You. this is all you got until, you, until we're changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. This is what you got. With all its, emotions with all its uh, infirmities, everything that you can think of that goes along with this flesh, the imperfections, it's there. This is corrupt. Corruption is what the Scripture calls it. Your flesh is corruption. We're going to put on incorruption. And your flesh will corrupt you (laughs) if it can. So how do we defeat that? Galatians 5 says this. If I'll get back to that. I think I gave you that. Scripture, but Galatians 5, Paul said, again, these are lessons learned from a man who has walked this walk. He said, this I say then, walk, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, it lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so you cannot do the things that you would. You hear him just give the answer to the problem he wrote about in Romans? He said, in Romans, he said, I can't figure out how to do the things that I would want to do. And he said, the reason is, is that when you're not walking in the spirit, so maybe Paul had some times where he wasn't so spiritual. I'm not judging Paul. I'm saying Paul is letting us know that, hey, I'm in the flesh as well. I've got to stay in the spirit so that I can... Get rid of this flesh. He said, If you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, and they're these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So once we have been filled with the Spirit and that new life has come into us, then we should walk in the Spirit. And uh, when we walk in the Spirit, the flesh... It doesn't have any control over you. You're, the spirit uh, the, the spirit is in, is in us is willing. The flesh is weak. But nothing is greater than the spirit of God. Greater is he that's in you. He's talking about walking in the spirit that God has filled you with, not your spirit. He's talking about walking in his spirit. And when we walk in his spirit, that's when we overcome. That's when we defeat the flesh, the enemies of our mind. Uh, it keeps us from doing the things that we do not want to do. And I know I'm running out of time here, so I've got a couple of minutes. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Listen, um, when we walk with God, your walk with God is about transformation. If nothing changes in your life when you come to God, I'm not sure which God you came to because uh, God is going to change you. And it's about transformation. And the longer you live for God, you will continue to change. You will continue to grow. It happens. Romans 12 said, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice, acceptable unto God. Things are going to change, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. so That's the only way to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Transformation. There's got to be a transformation in our life. And guess what? Transformation can be slow, can be tedious, can be painstaking, can be mind-numbing, can drive you crazy sometimes. But when it's done, you know what transformation is? That's clay on the potter's wheel. It's a lump, but the potter is going to transform it into something. And you know, maybe it takes him an hour working and, then, and on something like that. That seems like a long time and it seems slow. And it's like it ought to be a faster process, but there's not if you want that perfect vessel. And so he, he works and he's adding water and he's working, he's shaping. It. And, oh, that's not right, so let me start over. And he's, He goes, that day one, here's that day one. Ooh, here we go again. Hey, I've been here before. Let's see if we can go a little farther. You know, that's, oh, but all right, day one again. Here we go. And he's working on you and molding you and shaping you, transforming you so you can be the vessel that he wants you to be. And so that's that's our walk with God. And you can come to the music. Um, that we, you know, ready, set, go. And you know what you do when, in a, as a kid when they would do that? Ready, set, go. You just, You just... You just took off and did your best. You know, you ever you ever have a foot race with somebody when you was a kid and you trip and fall. You knew you was faster, so you got up and kept running and you passed them anyway and won. But what if you'd stayed down? I told you I, I beat you. Our kids are. They'd be at school on the bus the next day. I, I I beat you. I beat you. And now you now it's all holding a whole other set of problems. 'Cause all your other friends are laughing or whatever and the girl you was trying to impress, she's laughing, you know, you got a whole set of problems now. But what you can say is, you know what I did? Man, I did, I flipped, I flipped. you're almost like, yeah, man, I fell. But I got up and I took off and I passed him. and I still won. That's when you start quoting stuff like, Rejoice not against me, oh my enemy. Yeah, oh I got I had bloody knees, then like that, tore my the knee out of my pants or something. I scraped my elbows, had a big knot on my head. But I still got up and I won that race. And that's what you're telling that enemy. Don't rejoice against me when I fall, because when I fall, I shall rise. I'm going to get up and keep going, because I realize that God's grace will keep me moving, keep me moving forward. Let's stand together this morning. I hope this lesson has helped you to realize that that grace of God is... It's important every day, not just on the day that you came to repent, not just on the day that you were baptized in his name, uh, but it's important every day because that grace is going to always be offering a helping hand. Let's lift our hands and pray together before we're dismissed. Lord, you're so precious to us, and we just love you. We thank you today for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you, God, that you're always watching out for us, Lord, and just... Wanting to prove yourself and show yourself strong on behalf of them that trust you. Lord, I pray that we'll not just trust you when we're running well, but Lord, we'll trust you when we slip and fall That we can get up and keep going. Lord, if this is anybody's day one or if this is somebody's day zero, I pray, God, that they'll feel your grace today. They'll feel your mercy. and Lord, they'll keep running this race with patience. God, we just praise you for the opportunity. We love you. Thank you, Lord. Let us receive it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Aren't you thankful for his grace? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound, but I'll tell you I like another song that says, his grace is still amazing to me. Hasn't lost any of the wow factor i'm still in awe at his grace and how it continues to work in people's lives all right let's find a place to pray before the next service god bless you in jesus name